is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listen in colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Happy talk, keep talking, happy talk. Talk about things you'd like to do. You gotta have a dream if you don't have a dream. How you gonna have a dream come true? That was Cannibal Adley and Nancy Wilson with their take on Happy Talk and a good one it was too. Good morning, this is Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, here on Jazz FM. Thank you very much for joining me. It's your 9am appointment with business in the form of a business shaper, someone who's shaping the world of business, who I place right alongside the people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. My business shaper today, I'm very pleased to say, is Neil Sinclair. He's the chief executive of Palace Capital. They're a property investment company, but he's also, he's been in the business for many, many years and he's also very, very involved in the charity world. You're going to be hearing lots from Neil very shortly. In addition to hearing from Neil, you'll be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice, I hope, for your business. And then we got some fantastic music from the Shapers of Jazz, Blues and Soul. Zara McFarlane's in there, Ibrahim Malouf is in there, and so is this one from Billy Taylor. Billy Taylor with I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel To Be Free always takes me back to a certain programme in the 90s called Film Whatever It Was in the Year with Barry Norman. More importantly though, but away from Barry Norman and on to business and jazz and jazz shapers and Neil Sinclair is my business shaper today and he's the chief executive as I said earlier of Palace Capital they're an aim listed business they're in the business of making very natty acquisitions in the world of property and making sure that they make a good return on investment for their uh, shareholders and they as I said they are a publicly listed company which all sounds very very grown up and here I am with my very young Mr Neil Sinclair thank you very much for joining me delighted tell me Neil you've been in the property game for all of your life yes I have how did you get into it? How did it, how did the journey begin for you? The journey began uh, when I le- left school. Well, before I left school, um, I used to work on a Saturday. My late father said to me, I want you to go to work. I was 16. I worked, I worked in a shop. He said, I want you to work in a shop because I want you to learn the value of money and I want you to learn how to talk to people. And I did it for two years. And I've never, ever regretted that. I've always had regard to other people, and I can talk to people. And any shyness I had went right out the window, and it was it was great experience. But I had to leave that after two years because I was studying and getting my qualifications and all that sort of thing. I actually wanted to be a pharmacist. I loved pharmacy. I wanted to do it, uh, but I realised that biology was not one of my strong subjects. So I decided against it, and then I thought, well, maybe I can go into the property industry. And in those days, uh, you had to qualify. And so I started to be what was then called a chartered auctioneer. Um, You could be a chartered auctioneer or a chartered surveyor. Uh, I became a chartered auctioneer. And of course, within not that long, they merged. So I became a chartered surveyor. And the world of property, you said I, I fancy the world of property. Why? I mean, I, I, you know, people make great money in property, some of the people at the top, but it's what, what particularly appealed about that? Well, firstly, it's a fascinating business because you look up at it 
And also, um, my late mother used to talk about this entrepreneur that used to have dinner in the, when she was a young girl in the 30s uh, in northwest London. And there was this entrepreneur guy called Charles Claw who used to have dinner with my grandmother every night because he had no money. Uh, but he said, you know I'm going to make money, but in the meantime, thank you for having me for dinner. And he, he used to walk into my, my grandmother in his navy suit and his brown boots and didn't have two halfpence to scratch together. But he went on to meet a guy, a well-known lawyer called Leonard Sainer, uh, which was the beginning of a most fantastic business career. And he became an absolute icon in the property world. You know, he created city centre properties, uh, which eventually merged with Jack Cotton's company, which eventually got taken over by Land Securities. And Charles Claw, besides um, having a property business, uh, he took over Sears, which was a big public company at the time, shoe business, owned Selfridges. Uh, he had Selfridges, and he used his property expertise to build the Selfridge Hotel. So it was a fascinating, it all looked pretty fascinating to me. Did so I, I thought, well, I think, let's, let's give it a go. I think if I'd have been there, I would have done the same thing. Uh, stay with me for much more from my business shapers there. That's Neil Sinclair, Chief Exec of Palace Capital, and he's um, right ensconced in the world of property. Time for some more music right now. This is Sarah Vaughan with One Mint Julep. <laughs> Sarah Vaughan with a lovely upbeat one mint julep. Neil Sinclair's my business shaper today, and you've already been hearing about why he was seduced into the wonderful world of property. As you said, I like I like your um, little phrase there. Now you said you because it's you look you look up at it and you see it, and often people do say to me, "Look up in London, don't just keep your you know your, your eyes on the on the road." Obviously, not when you're driving, when you're walking. Just to add Absolutely. quickly, and don't be on your phone. Don't be on your phone either. Um, <laughs> so so you you became a, an auctioneer, which became a surveyor. Obviously, as you said, the two yes. things merged. You saw that this was it was for you you obviously enjoyed it very early on um how did you you progress pretty quickly i mean this is the thing sometimes i mean i meet people and i go well that happened really fast why do you think you were immediately pretty good at this thing they call the property business i think besides being if you think you're pretty good you've also got to work like a dog hmm. and it's 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 hard work and my mum my dad died when i was 20 so we were left in a very difficult position, not financially, but it was quite difficult. My mum was young, really. And so I, we had to all work. And to get there, that's what you've got to do. And I did. And I became a partner of a firm at 21. You know, I was probably the youngest partner they ever had. Uh, and I stayed there for five years. Uh, and then, for various reasons... Uh, we were talking at home and my mother said to me, you know, you should think about going on your own. You know, you can do it. And she, I never forget what she said to me. She said, you know that phrase, better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. She said, this is the same thing. If you think you can go on your own and make it, do it. 
because later in life, if you haven't done it, you'll regret it. Why did you think that you would be good at that? What, what was it about her instincts? It's like mothers, you know, that they think their sons are wonderful and all this sort of thing. And uh, I had a brother and sister at the time. She the same, did the same with them. And I thought, right, maybe this is a good idea. And what year was that that you eventually did your own 1970. Thing? And I remember it. I was going on my own. And for various reasons, it financially it became quite difficult because I was 26 years old. I was not married. Uh, yes, no mortgage. But you go on your own. Where are you going to get the money from? But I had this really friendly bank manager in Oxford Circus. And I needed to borrow a £1,000. And he said to me, fine, uh, where's the security? I said, you're looking at it. <laughs> and he burst out laughing. <laughs> and he said, OK. Because then you had, you had managers that had discretion. It's a bit more difficult now. Mm. Um, but then he said, OK. You've got your £1,000. Stay with me, because I'm looking at the security. It's Neil Sinclair, <laughs> and he's my business shape as a chief executive of Palace Capital. We're going to get on to, unsurprisingly, how he's gone on to uh, fantastic things. Latest travel in a couple of minutes, and before that, some words of wisdom from our programme partners at Mishkondare for that business idea that you're going to go and do. So I'm Joe Hancock, the cybersecurity lead at Mishkondare. One of the most common problems I see people have at the moment is almost over-collecting data. There's an obsession with data and digital. That's a really good thing. It presents brilliant opportunities. But at the same time, collecting data that you don't really need or storing data that you really shouldn't store anymore prevents a massive risk. At the same time, as having that data gives you some good kind of business outcomes, having it there means there's good a target for attackers. It means that you're much more likely to lose it. And if you don't delete it properly, you're much more likely to breach regulation. And all of this really starts to create a bit of a risk for business that isn't very well understood and isn't really well managed at the moment. Another whole set of problems that could be avoided very simply are just by doing the basics. If you use complex passwords, change your password regularly. Don't use the same password for, for multiple services, as everybody does. Even just one or two different passwords will stop you being the victim of some of the large data breaches we've seen soon. They'll protect your identity. They'll help protect your bank accounts and your finances. Just by doing very, very simple things, either as an individual or as a business, you can remove most cyber risk that's out there at the moment. Nothing can ever be 100% secure, but at the same time, you really can make your own life and your business much better by doing these things. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, every Saturday. I'm very lucky because I get to meet someone who's shaping the world of business and I also am very lucky because I hear people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. If you've missed any of the previous many hundreds of shows, iTunes is your destination. If you happen to be flying somewhere soon, British Airways High Life is another place where you can catch up with some of the great guests I've had or cityam.com is the final place I'm going to give you where you can go and have a look and have a listen. Neil Sinclair is my business shaper today, uh, Chief Executive of Palace Capital. They're a property investor company and we've been talking about mums and advice and going alone and uh, and also talking to bank managers and, and earlier on Neil you were saying you said to him you're the security this humor thing and, and obviously you didn't you kind of were being serious because you didn't have as you said a property no um it has stood you in good stead have there been moments when it really has got you something you never could have envisaged getting? Because people don't often talk about humour, actually, in, in business. But 
Or would it have been that you're a talented guy and that you've got that grit and all that, or is it a bit more than I that? think you need the humour. Uh, and the reason I think you need the humour is our business, doing business, is relationships. And I think it's very important early on that you build a relationship with the people you're hoping to do business with. And there's no better way to do it than with, with humour. Now, obviously, there was humour with the bank manager. He gave you a 1,000 quid. You turned a profit, I'm imagining, relatively quickly, and that money was well, paid back. Well, do you know I never used the 1,000 quid? I actually never used it, right? Because as soon as... What happened, I took... I never forget it. I took two rooms on the second floor in Offord Circus. Which is not far from where Jazz FM round the uh, corner, is. Right round the, the corner. Round the corner to Margaret Street. I took two rooms, second floor, no lift. It was, you know, not very good. Uh, but it was cheap. And the fact of the matter is, right, from my point of view, right, I had to keep my costs low. But literally, um, the, day I, the day I started or second day, I, I got a letter delivered to my office by hand from a very, very well-known property guy uh, who said, Dear Neil, you don't know me and I don't know you. I need deals and you need commissions. So let's have a coffee. And I didn't know the guy from Adam. I knew of him, but I didn't know him. I met him and this was in late May of 1970. In July of 1970, I bought a building for him in Holloway Road. We bought a building for a million pounds, which I've got to tell you, was a lot of money then, right? And we work on the, uh, a percentage, normally it's 1%. So we bought a building for a million pounds and I got a fee of 10,000 pounds. Right, so I never needed the thousand pound overdraft. Didn't hmm. didn't arise. It was a standby thing. So we did that deal, and he went on to make a lot of money out of that building. But we were agents and surveyors and things. We want our clients to make money. That's what you want them to do, because then they're doing more business and you earn more fees. So that's really what, and that's how we started. And it, you, it's funny. I mean, we're now forty-seven years on, or I think, because yeah. that was almost forty, almost forty-seven in the summer. Because it, it was nineteen-seven. Yeah. It was the year I was born. Neil, the year I was born. Well, I three know. days after I started, there was a postal strike. <laughs> right. Say, but I love the fact you. What I was going to say was, you remember, you yeah. remember as if it's yesterday. And and in between, you have um, been involved in publicly listing companies. You have yeah. been involved in buying companies. You've been involved in probably thousands and thousands and thousands of deals. And yet, you remember this so well. Why? You have to. That's the business. You have to remember. You have. To, it's your knowledge of buildings, of people, and of property. You have to remember. You must have a memory like an elephant. I mean, it, that is a fact. And I've found it in very good stead. It's like a fund manager. A fund manager is exactly the same. He, he looks at companies and, he, and if he's, he has to know what happened 20 years ago, right? He has to know, right? And we're the same. So I need to know what's happening in buildings, people, everything. Stay with me for more from uh, Neil Sinclair, my business shaper. Um, he's got an excellent memory, so I better be careful what I say as well. Time for some more music. This is Essential from Ibrahim Malouf.
That was Essencio from Ibrahim Malouf, and he's one of my favourites, as you probably already know. Neil Sinclair is my business shaper, chief executive of Palace Capital. We haven't really talked about Palace Capital yet, but there's just a bit between the memory, the elephant uh, uh, yeah. that you are, um, and uh, and all the things that happened in between. And you've obviously you became pretty adept at going from these 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 one-off deals to much bigger deals to becoming part of a corporate structure to becoming a publicly listed company, and so on. How have you kept your feet on the ground, Neil? Because the deals get bigger, the stakes get higher, there are more people who are involved and invested. Isn't that pressure? Yes. And you like it? No, but you've got to be able to withstand it. And how do you withstand it? Just carry on. You know, just, that's the way it is. You know, you've got to accept things as they are. And some of the things we've done, certainly recently, have been huge pressures. Huge pressures. And... When we when we were going public for the first time, when, you know, a partner joined me not long after I started on my own, and we were called Sinclair Goldsmith. And in the uh, 80s, right, we wanted to go public. One of the problems at that time was our professional institution, the Royal Institution of Charles Surveyors, would not allow outside shareholders in your business. The minute you had outside shareholders, you were struck off. And we couldn't afford to be struck off. So we couldn't float. But that restriction was lifted in the 80s. And then we saw the opportunity mm. of, of floating. And, right. and in that time from the 80s all the way through to now in Palace Capital, I think yeah. you bought into it with a couple of other people in yeah. July 2010. Have there been massive bumps where you've looked at yourself and gone, I've had enough? Before no. Palace Capital? No. No. Everything's a challenge. And when it goes wrong... And when you have to bounce back, where do you find the... the so grit? what you do when it goes wrong, and things can go wrong, right? I, I still look back um, very, very... I'll tell you very quickly. I look back when my old partner and I were involved in a company in the early 70s. And we had a vacant building in Soho. And the market crashed. So what happened? You got a letter from the bank. Where, because the value of the property was less than your loan. And we were 30 years old, and we went to see the bank. The, the bank, And he said, well, what are you going to do about paying this money back? And we said, well, we've got an idea what we can do. And he said, well, it better be good. <laughs> so he said, I said, well, we've got a plan. He said, what is it? He said, I said, we'd like to borrow more money. And he absolutely burst out laughing, and he said, what are you talking about? You want more money. I said, if you lend us more money, you will get all your money back and we'll probably get our money back. We've got something for you to read. Read it. If you don't want to do it, forget it. If it's got any legs, we'll come in and see you. He said, you haven't got a chance, but I will read it. I can tell you, it was the Bank of Nova Scotia. They put up the money to redevelop this building which is what we suggested. We got planning permission. We redeveloped it. We let it. We sold it. They got all their money back, <laughs> and we got 90% of our money back. And the interesting thing is that the bank, at the end, thanked us because they had three buildings, in three properties in Toronto with exactly the same situation, and they did exactly the same thing. They built them during the recession. There you go. Be creative. 
hang tight and you're going to be all right. Final chat coming up with my fantastic business shapes there. That's Neil Sinclair. Plus, we'll be playing a track from Zara McFarlane. And that's all coming up after the latest traffic and travel. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Night and day, you are the one Only you beneath the moon or under the sun Whether near to me or far It's no matter, darling, where you are I think of you Night and day That was Zara McFarlane with Night and Day. Neil Sinclair's been my business shaper and will be just for a few more minutes. And we've been talking about brilliant stories and you just um, basically confirming why you are where you are. Your latest business is now seven, almost seven years in. Um, You're happy with where it's going? Very happy. What's been different this time for you? Do you feel that all the years of experience have, as as they grow, do they make it easier for you to do what you do? They do say there's no substitute for experience. Is it true? Yes. And people say, how do you define experience? It's the word man gives to his mistakes. Right. That's what experience is. Right. And all my working life, I had predominantly been dealing in London. But when we took control of Palace Capital six and a half years ago, we decided that the growth was in the regions. Nobody was really bothering with the regions. And you had these great cities, Leeds, Manchester, Birmingham, all these cities, Exeter and Bristol, which had been dead for about five or six years, nothing had happened. And we thought London was already growing, and therefore we thought it's a matter of time before the regions will start growing, mm. maybe two years. And we thought that's where we should focus. And so we did. And it's working. Yeah. And post-Brexit, different feeling in the regions? Now, you go to the regions, you talk about Brexit, they all say the same. You know, what are you London people worried about? You know, Brexit is going to be great for the UK. And they talk with more sense sometimes than some of the politicians you hear down here. They say to, they say to me, what is everybody worried about? UK has 65 million people. We are one of the strongest economies in the world. We promise you, Europe wants to sell to us. They're not stupid, right? So we're not bothered in the slightest. And we have noticed in the last few weeks the letting market in Leeds, in Manchester, is getting stronger. It's not getting weaker. It's getting stronger. We've had more inspections of our buildings in the north than we've had for months. So if Brexit is happening, I've got to tell you, it looks like it could be beneficial. Now, that's... um I mean, and I hope that's true as well, by the way. We, Very we, true. We, we all hope that's true. We hope it, all hope it happens. Very true. Just changing gears slightly, I want, I want to touch on this before you, I let you disappear. Um, uh, the charity work that you've done, yeah. just tell me a little bit about when you got involved and why you got involved and, and why you're still involved. So I'm a trustee of the Variety of the Children's Charity, um, helping disadvantaged and disabled children. I joined it in 1972. I joined it for totally the wrong reason. I was invited to a lunch which was a tribute to the Miss World's contestants. And I sat next to Miss Brazil. And I was young and I was unmarried. And I was sitting next to this stunning woman who was a doctor. And after the lunch, my host said, do you want to join this charity? Where do I sign? So I I signed. And I've been involved in it ever since. It's been great fun. 
Um, we elect somebody every year called a Chief Barker who leads the charity, which I did in 1991. Uh, my wife Pamela did it last year. Uh, we raised millions of pounds. But in my year, I wanted to get my industry involved in the charity. So I formed an event called The Props. And since we started it, we've distributed nearly 2,000 powered wheelchairs and we've raised nearly 10 million pounds. That's brilliant. And listen, carry on doing that and carry on having fun in the, in the property world with your sense of humour and, <laughs> and, and your tenacity by the looks of things as well. Neil, it's been a real privilege uh, chatting to you today. Just before I let you go, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? I chose Creole Love Call uh, by Duke Ellington. Um, my late father, who died many, many years ago, uh, whenever he had the opportunity, he played it. And it's my favourite as well, and that's why I like it. Here it is just for you. Thank you so much. That was Creole Love Call from Duke Ellington, the song choice of my business shaper today, Neil Sinclair. A funny man who also understood that the power of humour is a big one in business. Someone also who understands fundamentally that relationships are at the heart of what makes a business and an individual work. And finally, right the way through his career, up to date and beyond, he's looking for unconventional solutions to predicaments that he might find himself in and predicaments that become opportunities. Really, really brilliant stuff. Do join me again, same time, same place, next Saturday, 9am sharp here on Jazz FM. Meantime, stay with us. Coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. <laughs>